Ladies and gentlemen, you're about to witness some scenes from the next attraction to play this theater. This picture, truly one of the most unusual ever filmed, contains scenes which under no circumstances should be viewed by anyone with a heart condition or anyone who is easily upset. We urgently recommend that if you are such a person or the parent of a young or impressionable child now in attendance, that you and the child leave the auditorium for the next 90 seconds. Greetings, my friends. Welcome to another episode of the Video Nasty Project, the show that takes you on a journey through the seamy underbelly of all the depravity and gore and horror that Mary Whitehouse and Margaret Thatcher don't want you to see. On today's episode, we take a look at a film by Antonio Magretti, the same director that brought you this. Yes, today we take a look at the first cannibal movie on the nasty list, Cannibal Apocalypse. Let's check out the trailer. Barricaded in the flea market, taking pot shots at the cops outside. Okay, that's enough. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Please, please try to understand. Listen to me. While she was here, I, I had this urge to bite her. To bite her, you understand? Like Bukowski. So we just saw a cannibal apocalypse. So you want to tell us about it? Tell us okay. About it. So um, John Saxon's character. 
It's basically a, a captain. They uh, go into Vietnam to rescue some of their teammates who have been captured and put in a pit. Their two teammates who were captured and tortured, probably and starved, have devolved into cannibalism. And uh, kind of right off the bat, they start taking pot shots at people and biting them really badly. Well, the uh, there's that fire gag where the uh, you know the, the guy uh, sets the uh, with the flamethrower sets mm -hmm. the uh, sets the native woman on fire and yeah. then there's this really I mean she's running along and there she's on fire I mean okay it was very clearly a, a you know a Caucasian stunt woman but it was actually a really good fire gag yeah, yeah. It was and, a, and when it cuts to the woman about to fall into the pit it's now someone who is. Vaguely Asian-ish, yeah. Asian-ish. So yeah, no so, longer white. So they fall. So he, she falls into this pit, and they they and the uh, the two uh, captive Americans grab her and just pull her down and just eat the fuck out of her. Just they start gnawing. Yeah, and they eat really fast though too, because she wasn't there by the time Saxon came up and said, "Hey, we're saving you." Oh crap, you're cannibals. <laughs> yeah. At which point, Tommy, mm -hmm. the black dude. Says, oh, more on second course, and Saxon gets his arm bitten. Yeah, so uh, Charlie, the other teammate who's been captured, has just been let out of psychiatric care yeah. after being there for several years. But he's having episodes, wants to talk to, you know, his captain. Yeah, he, ca he calls up his mate and says, like, hey, come out with coffee with me. Because they kind of almost let him go, but not quite. He seems going to work release thing. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. And, he, and he's desperate. I mean, he's obviously hurting. And um, the captain won't see him, so he kind of goes stumbling about yeah. the downtown. The captain said, the, "Well, the captain says, oh, yeah, sure, I'll come out. How about a beer?'" <clears throat> and then he no shows. Yeah. Well, he's kind of relapsing because he's got the well, a he's got the 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 neighbor girl uh, who comes over and like, "Oh, hi, I need to borrow your hair dryer. Oh, I've got this cramp. Please massage my vagina." <laughs> And so, so he gets all distracted by getting a little bit of uh, uh, pooty on the side, and and uh, Bukowski is like, oh, "I gotta go," and off he goes. And the thing, but the thing that sets the captain off is that Bukowski says, "You know, oh, uh, thanks for rescuing me in Nam." Now, if he hadn't said that, the captain would have gone and seen him because he was ready. He was set and ready to go, to get away, mainly to get away from this neighbor, you know. But the moment his, uh, you know. Uh, Charlie said, thanks for saving me. That brought back everything that he just, you know, tried to get. He basically him. relapses. You know, he relapses yeah. after, you know, his wife goes off to work at the TV station where she's a reporter, you know, does covers several things. And so that puts her in kind of a position to hear about whatever else is going on in the news or news that's about to flash. So she kind of hears about Charlie right. and whatnot and his rampage that soon follows you know, yeah, because after he gets off the phone, he goes to the uh, the movie theater. He well, he kind of has this run in with this biker gang, and and goes to this movie theater, and then completely just relapses. And it's a war movie, so he relapses and just like bites the hell out of this girl that's in the row in front of him, making out with her boyfriend. Right, making well, like the man, they were like third base, making out. They were, like, base, they were this was, was like a porn, like a yeah. porn movie in the front row. Yeah, it, it, it jump to uh, we're doing a horror film. <laughs> Let's have the nudity. Here. Yeah. It's like, dude, take it to the yeah. back row. That's where that shit's mm -hmm. supposed to go down. Yeah. 
So he so he bites the girl, and then everybody's like, "Get that guy!" And she he gets up and runes out into uh, the next door, which is like this flea market thing, and like the biker gang that still kind of hang out in the front, they're like, "Get that guy!" And yeah. they all come rushing in, and it's actually a really well staged action bit. I mean, there's mm-hmm. you know he's crashing through things, and the bikers running around. And there's gunshots, and it was really well done. And he, he like he he shoots and kills a security guard. You know, it's this really good, well staged bit. The thing is, the thing is awkward with the with this bit is somebody wasn't paying attention to the fact that you have a motorcycle tearing through mm-hmm. the building, For smashing minutes. things. You hear things getting smashed, glass breaking, and the co- the security guard is oblivious to the, all of this until Charlie gets a hold of the shotgun and at the gun black. store. And shoot the biker. It's Italy in the 70s. Nobody gave a fuck. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's, point. Yes, it was Italy as far as the production of the film goes. But it's actually shot on location. In, Lid- in Atlanta. Technically Atlanta. In right. Atlanta. So then John Saxon shows up after hearing about this and is like, and goes in to talk Bukowski down. And uh, it's this really kind of tense scene. And he's like, dude, you know, just chill. We'll go take care of this and, and manage to dissolve the, uh, the the incident without violence. All the way up until Bukowski starts eating like the cops. Yeah. <laughs> now, this is what impressed me because I thought he was going to get shot. I thought this was going to be a case of guy nuts out then gets shot by the cops and mm-hmm. killed. But no, he actually talked him down. And managed to get him back to the psych ward. And, and strangely enough, if they had, if they had gunned him down right there, the movie would have been pretty much over. Yeah. Uh, except for uh, Saskin had bit the neighbor girl. Uh, yeah. So, so basically, at this point in the movie, it just turns into the cops playing cat and mouse with the okay, we've got to go stamp out you know this bit of infected, this bit of infected, and so the the rest of the movie is them running around trying to stop the the apocalypse while the zombies well zombies ish the, the infected are running around yeah infected flesh yeah knows. so yeah I would say the movie is actually significantly less an a, a a cannibal movie and a lot more like David Cronenberg's like rabid, rabid yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's a lot like Rabbit. I I find it difficult to actually qualify the film as a horror film. No, it's more of an it's, action movie yeah, it's, that it's has a, horror elements, or like yeah. a like a. Um, I want to say it's in, in the line with like some of the movies that came out in the early two thousands of the, uh, like the uh, that Dave Michael Crichton movie, or oh. was that the late nineties? Oh yeah, was, there were a lot of movies about viruses. That oh yeah, the, it, yeah, it was like virus or the infected or something like something that. Like yeah, that. Yeah. Outbreak. I think Out, that outbreak. Outbreak. That's it. And then, but this has a more limited scope to it in that it's it, it's extremely personal. It's it's you know it's, person it's, to con. It's bloodborne. It's a char- It's a character driven movie. Yeah, the gore is limit is there because cannibalism, but it's not a plot device. Right. Yeah. Uh, and the thing is, the cannibalism was really kind of an afterthought. The movie started out li- uh, uh, life as um, Apocalypse and Domini, something. It, basically, the Italian word for tomorrow. So they were doing it as a play on Apocalypse Now, except Apocalypse Tomorrow, mm-hmm. which is how they got John Saxon into it. He did. He got the script, and it was kind of a poorly translated script, and he didn't have the, the, the title that it wound up with. So he signed on and then turned out to be like, oh, I'm in a cannibal movie. So he kind of really didn't want to be there. That said, he absolutely crushed this. Yeah. I mean, he was... He's a lot like Christopher Lee, where it's, even if the material is substandard, which the material isn't substandard, by the way, 
if he really elevates it to the next level, he was really good in this. Yeah, I gotta yeah. say the, the the acting, you know, from one end of this thing to the mm -hmm. other, you know, even some of the minor roles like the kids, you know, the brother and sister who live next. Oh yeah, door, just creepy you as know? hell. Oh, and gosh. and they're so realistically drawn. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's not like they're you know like their acting is stilted or anything. I mean, this kid's run down the stairs, jumps the last four or five to get to the door. Mm -hmm. You know, it was just very kind of laid back. You know, but there's something about him. That's just a little off later on, but not 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 right away. I mean, there's clearly that he's just a regular kid, you know. I mean, when you've got you know John here, you know, playing with his uh, his RC plane, he has a biplane he's or, or he's playing with, and and uh, he's teaching this kid how to do it, you know. And they're just standing there, and it's just very normal, mm -hmm. you yeah. know. And it's just wow. I mean, they take their time to set this this stuff up, so you get you get these people, you know, and and, and they don't rush it. You know, I, I, that's what I liked about it. I got to go along with this and mm -hmm. watch it develop in a reasonable manner. And I got to give props to uh, Batoski. I mean, he just absolutely, if, if Saxon crushed it, this guy crushed it too. I mean, those creepy dead eyes as he's, you know, at, at the mall and confronting the bikers. I mean, just that kind of, that deer hunter sort of cock yeah. to his head. And I mean, just, he was, he was well done. If you look at a number of the Italian horror films, um, talent is is frequently below par. Yeah. This is an instance where it's above par. And while a majority of the cast are, in fact, Americans, there there's it's like every fourth character is played by an Italian actor. And Charlie Bukowski is an Italian actor. And he is very good in the role. Yeah. And there are times when some of the acting seems a little, uh, some of the voice acting seems like it comes from somebody who doesn't, the voice doesn't sound like it fits the, the way the character looks in my mind. Like uh, it, the voice might be a little young sounding for an older person, you know, or it might be a little too urgent. But for the, for the scene where this person's not being as excitable as they might be. But that said, I do enjoy the soundtrack. They overlaid the music soundtrack. And some of the special effects soundtrack I really like. It's a little weird, though, because it's this funky disco uh, beat thing. Yeah. It's a little weird to see John Saxon in the jungle gunning down Charlie, not Bukowski, but Charlie as in the uh, the Viet Cong, gunning, and there's this funky... Yeah, but that's what you expect from that period. I mean, they loved that stuff mm -hmm. back, in, back in those days. I mean, they almost used nothing but in a lot of their their action and horror movies. I mean, the music was serviceable was everywhere. You know, it had a good beat, you know, and you had groups like Goblin that had influenced a lot of musicians there. And there was some bits of music near the end that reminded me a lot of Dawn of the Dead in places, mm -hmm. especially some of the area where uh, they were dealing with the zombies in the mall, you know, when the, when the bikers were, were going through there. And some of that music sounded exactly like that, like it would fit right in there. So after... The mall. Charlie's talked down. He go. He's taken back to the insane asylum where we're introduced to his cellmate from Vietnam, right, Tommy. And he <laughs> he has a brilliant bit of dialogue when the captain or when Saxon's character shows up uh, to check up on them. 
What 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 did he say? Remember these choppers! I don't remember remember these choppers! Oh god! And he, I mean, just mouth of teeth, just like ah. Oh, I I love Tommy. Bloody I mean, he teeth. is he is just so chewing the scenery. He's like motherfucker, <laughs> and just so over the top and delicious. He's fucking brilliant. Yeah, this is I kind of like him. like the A team, but as like you know, flesh eating badasses <laughs> that just you know don't give a shit about anything, but just getting that meat. Speaking of that, there's a really good bit in in a uh, gas station. You know, after they've killed the gas station attendant, they find his uh, 38 that he keeps, you know, for protection. And uh, while they're waiting around, you know, uh, what is it? Charlie takes a uh, one of those. Uh, what is that? Oh a yeah, the hand disc saw. grinder. Yeah, the disc, disc grinder. grinder. Yeah. Disc, and and start proceeds to start grinding off this guy's leg and you know and just shearing away some of the meat there and you're just going like oh yeah Ew. they're getting theirs man they're getting some road food to oh, go God, man. Yeah. and Bone what is helen uh a nerd one of the care nurses that's at the, the metal ward or whatever it was who has been bit by tommy and as of now now is all with them tommy and charlie and the captain saxon they're in their element Mm-hmm. Because they've mm-hmm. been through war, combat, and Vietnam. Her element is more modern, uh, clinical. She's been in a hospital. It's sterile. It's clean. And now she's in a sewer. Right. And that, like, ooh, I mean, that's where her mind went. Well, even though she's like, I'm looking for my next meal with you guys. Uh, let's find it. And it's too much for her. Yeah, and she's still her. I mean, let, let's be clear about this. Just because they're flesh eaters doesn't mean they're like, you know, the walking dead where you're no longer who you used to be. These people are still clearly them. They still have a moral standard to say. They just have a compulsion to eat yeah, flesh. Yeah, like, so like, like Martin, who was driven to, to drink blood, but wasn't yeah. a typical vampire. Yeah. And he didn't even consider himself when he knew he was crazy. You know, these people haven't shifted into another mode. They just are now compelled to eat flesh. And that's the interesting thing that the way the movie opens with them going, you know, going into the jungle and they're doing the basically a rescue mission. So they're the good guys. And then the end of the movie, they're being hunted. They're the roles have been reversed. They've been bad guys. And so it's. Yeah, this interesting dichotomy at the bookends at the at the end of the movie. Yeah, it's a complete just juxtaposition because at the beginning of the movie, the captain goes in with the with the a his A team squad, mm-hmm. and they go into uh, an open ended cave, and they have to squat, they have to duck down. It's kind of like being in a tunnel. These guys are being kept in a, kind of a reverse punji pit where they're they've been you know starved and living in you know in the, down in this hole with bamboo and so they're so the captain's crouching he's chasing Viet Cong and firing on him and then there's a fl- a guy with a flamethrower and there's machine gun fire and all that stuff then you completely reverse it once again they're in tunnels but this time of course yeah they're, they're, they're being chased by guns with flamethrowers with, with flamethrowers and, and guns and so it's going from one crouching extreme to the next you know you've got the sounds of the jungle on the soundtrack in the opening, whether whether in Vietnam, and then some of the same sounds, uh, howler monkeys or whatever, and some other sounds in the sewer to give it that kind of. Uh, yeah, it was very yeah. disjointed, very kind of out of reality. Yeah. They, were, they were obviously going around the back. Yeah, they, and they're channeling their former experience now that they've been put in a similar situation, and so. I found that to be very effective, mm. you know. I mean, it was brilliantly staged, you know. And 
And uh, well, I think you were going to mention Helen was watching Charlie taking off this meat, and she's yeah. just got this look on her mouth like, oh, give me some, give me, I want oh, some of that. Hunger. I mean, she, yeah. and, and she doesn't go for it. She's just, it's just building and mm -hmm. building, and she's getting more, her eyes get bigger, and she leans in a little bit, and her face is kind of flushed, and you know, she just, she wants it. And it's so subtle, but so brilliant. Mm -hmm. It's a slow burn, but she just, she sent it home. If, if there's a, you, you think that the message of the movie is how, you know, war changes you, how war is hell, and you can take that away from the movie, but I think actually the, the message the movie is saying is more that it's about repression. Um, so Saxon, he's, he is trying desperately to forget his time in the, in the shit. He's um, on, he's on prescription. He's on then. prescription. Mm -hmm. He's gone to the doctor. He is desperate to bury his past. Um, th his wife is having an illicit affair, kind of, sort of. Well, he, he, it's alluded to, but it's not confirmed. Right. So, but the doctor, the one that he's having an affair with, the doctor desperately wants his wife. Um, well, he pointedly says, you should yeah. have married me. Yeah. Uh, the nurse has, now he, she is having a straight out affair with the doctor. So it's kind of this illicit taboo that she's not supposed to have. Another doctor. Another doctor. A different doctor. And then, like, Charlie is just all all oppressed all the time. So they have all these urges that they're banging down super deep, and then they explode out into cannibalism. So I think that's the message the movie is trying to go for. Yeah, and I, and I think it should be stated that, you know, uh, a lot of the stuff that goes on in this movie, you know, is based under the assumption that, you know, some people might not be beyond redemption but they've really got to fight real hard to keep what they've got yes and they may lose it anyway because they're fighting so hard to keep what they have but then they go to the other extreme where they overcompensate and then shit just falls apart because they're trying too hard where they should have just you know dialed it back you know thought a little more i mean near the end you know the captain goes into the closet in their bedroom and puts on his military uniform, and you know what that means in a movie when you're near the end. I mean, that always means you something bad. Usually, the the, the long walk. Mm -hmm. You know, he's got his he's got his uh, 45. He's got on his uniform. You know, and he's telling his wife, you know, get away, get away from me. You know, you don't want to. This is the bad shit. You don't want to be here when stuff goes down. But she refuses to leave, and they have this solemn, you know, lovers pact basically. Yeah. He's been wounded. In the, there's a shootout in the sewer, and he gets shot. And in that shootout in the sewer, uh, to back up a little bit, because this film did get banned because of the gore content, mm -hmm. this is where you really see some of the gore. Uh, the moments before they end up in the sewer, uh, the... Uh, is it... Charlie yeah. stuffs his thumbs into the oh, guy's eyes. Got, poor guy's eye. And, and I mean, then, gets, then he gets blown away in the sewer with and he, so he's got this round hole. This huge hole. Big enough a bowling ball can fit through it. Although I think the movie got snapped up by the BBC, uh, BBFC because it was the title. I think it was just once Cannibal Holocaust dropped, everything with Cannibal in the title got nabbed. Yeah. Um, I... In, in regards to the title, I, I, I cannibal, not a problem. The word apocalypse, and you're it's supposed to be a play on apocalypse now, but in this instance, there's really nothing apocalyptic about the film. No, I think it, I think if it had a bigger budget, they could have gone with a bigger scope and more apocalypse, and it kind of applies at the end, yeah. but it's really a limited, yeah.
doesn't deserve to be on the uh, the video nasty list. Really, realistically, no. Um, but looking at the sensibilities of the time, there are a couple of moments in this film that definitely would say, "Oh, that's on it." Um, the one officer who was bit by Charlie while they're loading him into the ambulance noshes on one of his fellow officers, a woman, and it's very evident that he's biting her biting her boob, bust. ate yeah. her tits off. Mm -hmm. um, and then um, the flamethrower sequence in the sewer, live rats were, this is a movie where they cannot claim no animals were harmed. It's an yeah, Italian what, movie. One of the rats, it's an Italian one of the rats got flamed and jumped into the sewer water. Yeah, the, it was by accident, though. It wasn't necessarily yeah. a intended, like, cannibal holocaust. Yeah. Or, or like, a <laughs> Men Behind the Sun. Or anything right, like that. yeah. So, does this movie deserve to be on the banned list? No, think? this is something that, in the 80s, I would have watched on Night Flight at midnight. It very easily probably was on Night Flight. They might have trimmed a few minutes out here and, and there. And, but... and there's cussing. And they might have toned down the sexual subjecti su suggestiveness of yeah. of that uh, this teenage girl coming on to a middle-aged man. Yeah. You know, and him touching her, you know, and whatnot. So that would just be for morality purposes, not for gore purposes. And I know there was a morality thing behind the whole uh, video nasty thing, but I wouldn't call this a nasty. I would just call this... A, today it would be like a PG-13 because mm -hmm. of how it looks and because you can get way worse on, on YouTube and on TV than this. You yeah. know, we're, we're hyper-desensitized to everything, so I wouldn't call this a nasty in that sense. Yeah. No. I wouldn't necessarily... I would probably go R. I wouldn't necessarily bar R. it. Yeah, easily. Yeah, so, and, and I mean, the intent is clear. This is, this is clearly a, a portrait of people who are psychologically you know, oppressed or repressed and some of them have been tortured and starved and whatnot. If you if you took all the gore and everything out of it, it would be one of those kind of movies about institutionalization. You know, the effects of, you know, psychological PTSD, PTSD and, yeah. yeah, you know, the horrors of, of wartime. Yeah. These people are clearly sick, need help. They've been getting help, but then something happens and they snap. Yeah. yeah. And it's in that it's a brilliant study, I think. Yeah. Did you like the movie? I loved it. I was in, compelled to want to watch it again, actually, right off the bat. If there was a commentary, I would have listened to it. But I wanted to watch it again just because there was so much stuff in it that I liked. You know, and music and characterizations, all that stuff. Lighting, mm -hmm. especially in the asylum where Helen's walking down the hallway and there's purple light in the background and green fluorescence and stuff just gave this really great atmosphere to stuff and the, the street lights i mean this thing was well lit in many areas to give you know the depth to the, the downtown atlanta streets and everything it's a it? movie i would I, it's a movie that you know no personally myself back at the time frame that this movie came out no i probably would not have gone to see it because i had issues with horror films back in the day but now i'm you know this is a movie I would happily watch again. Um, it's well-directed, well-acted, well-edited. Pacing is great. The soundtrack is not off-kilter. It's not bad. It's just, at times you go, disco in the jungle. It's a good movie. I would happily watch this again. I dug it. I love the hell out of it. The only crime that I that, that the movie is committing is that it's not out on Blu-ray. It's only out on DVD, and you can't get it for love nor money. It's like $100 for the damn thing. Fortunately, Scarecrow hooked me up. Yeah. All right. That's a thumbs, thumbs up success. all around. All right. Thumbs up all around. <laughs>
go watch this fucker because it's awesome. Yes. We're done. And that's Cannibal Apocalypse. Thank you for joining us here on another episode of the Video Nasty Project. Be sure to check back in next time when we grab another video off the shelf. I don't know what to watch, but it's going to be glorious. Or terrible. Or glorious terrible. Anyway, bye-bye. Right.